Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Long Cat Media presents Madam Magenta, Sonos Mystica. Chapter 5 Greetings, fans of the esoteric. It is I, Madam Magenta. You know, if you're binging these episodes, will that intro get a little tiresome, do you think, Bernard? Oh, no, I don't think so. All, all the YouTubers like to start with the same intro every time, don't they? Yes, it's like training your audience, I think. Yes, I like think so. Like a dog. Yes. yes. Although, also, if you're binging episodes, I assume you're having the, the cocktail each time as well, in which case you won't care, will you? Well, that's certainly true. If it's getting true. repetitive. Yes, yes. Drink responsibly, by the way. And if you don't, you're a grown adult, so don't go blaming me. Take some responsibility for your terrible choices, all right? Oh, talking of which, today's cocktail is called the Nostalgia Punch. It's a bottle of lemon hooch mixed with a bottle of blue WKD, mixed with some white lightning cider, and with a few bits of grass and twigs sprinkled on top to replicate being down the park with your mates. Not that you actually eat grass and twigs when you're down the park with your mates, do you? Well, it depends how many... some sort of cow. Yes, or, or depends how many hooches you've had. You might accidentally eat grass and twigs. Really? Under what circumstances? Did you ever do that? Well, I mean, I... I, I, Did you wake up picking bits of grass and twigs out of your mouth? uh, On one occasion. What were you doing, Bernard? Well, I sort of fell over, that's the thing. You just fell over? What, and then kept munching? It doesn't make any sense now, I think. You know, actually, though, the mystery of Bernard... Keeps our marriage alive, doesn't it, dear? Oh, well, I'm glad you think so. Every now and then I find out a new little thing about your past, such as that you ate grass and twigs as a teenager, and it just it just keeps me baffled enough to remain interested. Oh, well, uh, how, how wonderful. On with the book. So, right, we're now up to chapter five, although in the book... Oh, God. It says chapter three. It's... A, it's, it's another chapter three. Look, just pretend it's numerology and not a screw-up. Okay, right. Here we go. So here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Musical flourish. <laughs> Lulu is an actress and a flake. Flakes obviously make up the bulk of my clients, so thank God for the performing arts. That's all I can say. I'm not looking forward to seeing her today. She's extremely irritating and has one mission in life, finding a bloke. I can't imagine who she'll end up with. Currently, she scares them all away after a couple of shags because she's so exhaustingly neurotic. And this suits me down to the ground. Because even if she nets one, she won't abandon our twice-monthly 60-quid sessions and she'll still continue to buy many soothing, invigorating, healing magenta oils, which are actually Johnson's baby oil mixed with perfume from the local market. She often pretends she's not on a frenzied manhunt, that the reason she comes to me is a dedication to self-improvement that includes four different types of yoga, a raw food diet, and weekly colonic irrigation. She asked me if I offered this last service once, And I seriously considered shoving a length of hosepipe up her rear and charging her for the privilege, but decided that it was a bit much, even for me. 
Generally, we do a bit of tarot, and I tell her things like, the cards speak of a masculine presence on the horizon. There is a connection between the two of you that cannot be denied, and expresses itself in raw sexual energy. The cosmic waters run deep in this man, adventure courses through his veins, and consequently, he may not hang around for very long. One week, two if you're lucky. My hit rate is thus far 100% with Lulu. She thinks I'm the bloody Delphic Oracle. Lulu is waiting outside the house when I get back, lunatic eyes bright with brittle fervor. She forces me into a lovey embrace and I accidentally inhale a load of her gigantic hair. It squats on her head like a bouncy hedge, and it's actually a perm. She used to have extremely ordinary straight white woman hair. Then she turned up one week looking like an extra in a black exploitation film. Being Caucasian didn't really reflect my spirit magenta or my struggle. Do you know what, Bernard? This was before the whole Rachel Dolezal thing that I wrote this, oh, wasn't it? Oh, goodness, so it was. I basically, psychically, is it psychic? No, what's it when you look into the future? I should know this, really. Uh, uh, um, it's a, I, a premonition. I, a I had a premonition about Rachel Dolezal and, and created the character of Lulu. Good Lord. How about that? Well, it is what you do. What's that? Well, you're 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 used to looking into into the mysterious oh, yes. voids. Oh yes, I so almost on. forgot. Yes, yes. So yes, it's amazing, isn't it? It makes you think, though. It makes you think that more in this book it might actually come true. Oh, good lord! Yes. So keep your ears peeled for that. You're still Caucasian, Lulu, no matter what you do to your hair or how much fake tan you use. But she didn't want to hear that, so I shut up and sold her a Haitian love starter kit for £39.99. The session with Lulu always occurs in the old utility room that I've converted into a hideously claustrophobic consultation room. Normally, like with Sandra, I stick to the kitchen because it's suitably covered in mystic tat and it's far more comfortable. But some of my clients want the full-on witchy experience, so into the velvet coffin we go. I stick on some incense to cover the smell of Daz, the washing machine is in the corner disguised as an altar, and whack on some underwater ambiance sounds. You know, I once played What's New Pussycat just for a laugh during a session and told the client it was the music of whales. <laughs> Whale music. Yes. Do you get it? I do, yes. Whales. Part of the country, you yes, know, left-hand yes. side of the country. That's right, yes. And whales, the giant fish thing. <laughs> didn't didn't make my client laugh, though. Boring sod. What would you like this time, Lulu, I husk? Oh, husk, sorry. What would you like this time, Lulu, I husk? Waving my arms around slowly and tracing mystic patterns in the air. The loose sleeves of my caftan almost catch on a tea light. There's an extinguisher to hand under the reading table. It wouldn't be the first time I've needed it. I have a decision to make, Lulu declares, self-importantly. Maybe she's changing ethnicity again and can't decide which one to plump for. I reckon kawaii Japanese is round the corner. Tarot the two paths, I suggest. This spread tells you which decision is most likely to lead to the best result, supposedly. Lulu nods and watches intently as I shuffle the cards, breathing weirdly. Are you all right, I ask. Circular breathing, I've been told to practice, she replies. Learning the didgeridoo, are you? I wouldn't put it past her. No, my latest yoga teacher suggested it. It's supposed to align the chakras. Of course it is, I coo as the breath whistles loudly through Lulu's nasal passages. So what's this decision you're trying to make, my dear? Well... 
Remember how you gave me those Cambodian herbal pills? They really, really helped with my meditation. I bet they did. I've sat staring at a single spot on the carpet for three hours on those babies. It was amazing, she continues. The most spiritual I felt like ever. And I thought, I should go to the source. I should go to Asia. Lulu clutches at my hand earnestly. I have to fight the urge to pull away. Bloody performers never understand personal space. Lulu breathes into my face. I need to go somewhere that will help me. London isn't helping me. I'm just constantly waiting here for something to happen. An acting job, or a soulmate, or... No, that's it, really. And maybe... Maybe I have to face. Maybe it just won't happen. Not here, anyway. Her mouth spasms in an attempted rueful smile, and I actually feel sorry for her. So, she continues, I need to expand my horizons. I need to get rid of everything that's weighing me down and find me. Seek the wisdom of the East by actually being there, amongst real people who do real things like, she searches her brain cell for inspiration, uh, herd water buffalo? So I'm going to take a year's sabbatical. A year's sabbatical? What's she taking a year off from? Not acting. I'm going to take a year's sabbatical and see the world, but mainly Asia. Cambodia, India, Thailand, Fiji. Is Fiji in Asia? Maybe not Fiji. And then bore everyone shitless with endless photographs and sweeping patronising statements about a third of the world's population, no doubt. Although backpacking would suit Lulu. On my last visit to Cambodia, I got cornered by some tattooed numpty called Moonbeam when I popped out for a drink one night. Moonbeam showed me about 800 pictures of sunrises and beautiful locals, toothless OAPs he'd accosted on the street. He'd turned it into a slideshow on his laptop, transferred from a top-of-the-range digital camera. His iPhone sat in a pocket of his East Asian fisherman's shirt, and I spotted an iPad poking out of his hemp rucksack. It's all about simplicity of lifestyle, stripping back to basics, yeah, finding a peace that the modern world can't provide, moonbeam mood, before excusing himself to take a Skype call from his dad in Surrey. But damn it, I don't want Lulu buggering off for months on end. She's a good source of income, what with her own devotion to mysticism, plus the friends she regularly refers to me. I need to know the universe supports this decision, Lulu concludes, gazing intently into my eyes. Well, let's see what the cards say, I simper. I already know what they'll say. Stay put. And have you considered the latest rune soap gift basket for your loved ones this Christmas? I shuffle the cards and ask Lulu to close her eyes and concentrate on her question. I'm feeling a bit strange, actually, so I'm grateful for the privacy her closed eyes give me. Maintaining an esoteric expression can be quite strenuous, and I'm feeling wired as hell. I'm currently about as floaty and ethereal as a coked-up financier. I could crack walnuts in each nostril. I'm that tense. The bizarre events of the day must be playing on my nerves. I deal the cards in the two paths spread. Open your eyes, I say gently. Or I try to say it gently. It actually comes out as a strangled bark. Open your eyes! Luckily for me, Lulu is, as ever, totally oblivious. I turn the first card over. It's the Fool, the first of the 22 major arcana cards, or the last, depending on whether you subscribe to... Blah, blah, blah. Who cares? No one cares. I've always liked this card. The chap depicted books full of beans, and he's got a sweet little dog cavorting at his feet. Bless. 
In a nutshell, this card means the first step on a journey, a childlike presence seeking experience, which for a change seems quite pertinent to the question being asked. Hmm. Anyway, it won't affect what I plan to tell her. And then something horrible happens. Do a musical flourish at this point, by the way. I'm getting really fed up with this. The card communicates with me. The fool turns his little cardboard head and looks at me. The dog barks. The colours swirl. And the meaning leaps down my throat and tickles my intestines. Or something like that. It's hard to describe. I normally intone the names of the cards one by one as I turn them over, and then when they're all exposed, only then do I start interpreting them, which is what I do this time as well, with the tiny difference that as every new card is turned, a visceral, electric, detailed double journey explodes in my mind. I can see the two paths. I can touch them. They unfold in my head and in the space around me like some kind of ghastly near-death experience. Apart from his Lulu's futures, I can see, not my own. On one path, I watch as Lulu chooses not to travel. She continues as she has done for several years now, occasionally auditioning for acting roles, working at reception in Pineapple Dance Studios two days a week, otherwise dealing weed to make up the bulk of her income. I didn't know she did that. I'll have to chap her for one day. She goes on dates with a series of awful men charmed by her flirty energy. She sleeps with them, drowns them in neediness, and then becomes confused and upset when they leave. Again and again and again. At some point in the future, she starts to drink a little more regularly, often alone in her shared flat, and while never being bad enough to prompt an intervention, it becomes a regular prop for her waning confidence. Oh, it is terribly, terribly bleak. On the other path, she embarks on her Asian travels. She feels a little lonely at first, but soon finds a community of like-minded, vacuous white people to hang around with. They smoke weed together, philosophize, dance in beachside bars under moonlight, have lots of grubby hippie sex. A group of them travel from Thailand to Cambodia together, aiming for the famed temples of Siem Reap. On the way there, Lulu heads briefly off the beaten path to go for a wee, and gets a leg blown off by a landmine. That bit hits me right in my third eye, with the force of a disembodied leg hitting a tree and landing in a nest of jungle vines. Oh, I feel ill. The images continue. Lulu survives. She receives medical attention. She pulls through. She now has one leg, so there goes the chances of anyone casting her as a blushing ingenue. To be honest, she was a bit past that stage anyway. Bye-bye, acting career. Hello, depression and suicidal thoughts. But then, Lulu adapts with her normal intensity of focus and manic energy. She travels back to Asia after recuperating in England and devotes herself to Cambodia's landmine problem. She sees herself as Princess Diana. In time, she discovers a sense of purpose and fulfillment she's never felt before and consequently calms down to a level that almost makes her bearable company. After several years, she even marries a Cambodian chap. Poor sod. Magenta? Present-day Lulu's voice penetrates the whirlwind. I snap back into the room and realise I must have been in a trance state. A genuine one. A genuine trance state. Are you okay? Lulu's coal-rimmed eyes are wide. She looks fascinated. God knows what I've been doing. What happened? The cards... I glare at the little buggers, now lying innocuously on the velvet tablecloth. What? What do they say? 
Lulu is practically bouncing up and down with excitement now. Oh my God, I can feel something happening. You went all goo-goo. I place my hands on the table and take deep breaths. Right. So what am I supposed to tell her? Go travelling? Don't go travelling? Or just you're screwed, my dear? Or is she? If she stays here, she keeps both legs. If she goes, she loses a leg but gains a life. Oh, bloody hell! If I inform her that travelling will result in having a limb blown off, there's no way she'll go which is entirely understandable, but then what? She stays and continues her descent into desperation and mild alcoholism. Ugh, I say, maybe I can just make some shit up like I normally do. But normally I don't actually know what their future looks like. Does it say anything about my plans to travel? Lulu squeaks. I could tell her to go, but neglect to mention the landmine, thus tricking her into the more noble future. Of course, then I wouldn't have given her enough information to make an informed decision. Is she even capable of making decisions about her own life? This 29-year-old woman who puts her acting age range as 14 to 86? This woman who enthusiastically buys all manner of tat from me, most recently, half a dozen protective healing 200% organic angel statues, originally garden gnomes adapted by Bert with some silver paint and FIMO. Oh, this is far too much responsibility. What do the cards say? Lulu repeats impatiently, while I stare at them hopelessly. Right? Decision time. I take a deep, non-circular breath and tell her she'd better start packing. End of chapter. There we go. Gosh, that was that was extraordinary. A moral quandary, indeed. Yes. Yes, what do you think? I think this will start a lot of questions about the morality of, of what I'm doing here. Again, we're probably going to get cancelled, aren't we? Maybe. Although everything I say, you know, is, is, is to open up lively debate. And, and isn't that important? I think it certainly is. I yes. think it is. So no matter how near the knuckle everything is, I think it's, it's well worth saying. And it, it takes a brave lady to say it. It does. I deserve a medal. You do. I do. You do. All right. Okay, come back for chapter... What's the next, what's the next chapter? I'm, I'm not entirely sure. No, I... neither am I. Six? Yes. Yeah, I think it's six. All right. Uh, keep well. Yeah, I thought I'd try and say something nice before I signed off this time. Keep well, my lovelies. It doesn't come very naturally, does it? Madame Magenta was created and performed by Lindsay Sharman with Lawrence Owen as Bernard. Music and sound design by Lawrence Owen. Artwork was by Claire Lafarge. You can follow Madame Magenta on Twitter at Madame Magenta UK. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you can support it by going to coffee.com forward slash longcatmedia. That's ko-fi.com forward slash longcatmedia. For more information about this podcast, as well as our flagship drama series, Mockery Manor, please visit longcatmedia.com. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. I got this really strange email last night. I need to see what's going on with this mystery file. Hey, it's a map of a town called Ocean Bay. Someone sent these images to you for a reason. I'm so lost right now. When was the last time you chose a direction and followed it? I'm going to Ocean Bay. 
We don't get many tourists this time of year. Ocean Bay is a friendly town, but we're not that friendly. I never sent you an email. I don't even know you. And why exactly are you here? The map is the reason we're here. Maps help when you're lost. Do you know what a trap street is? Trap streets aren't real. They don't exist. Don't trust anyone unless they give you a reason to trust them. I, I think he's dead. How could so much damage happen to a human body in such a short period of time? What the hell is going on here? From the creators of Strange Air, this is Trap Street. So maps can have secrets. Yes, maps can have secrets.